0: Hey, Drinking Buddies. Keep enjoying your Japanese favorites safely and conveniently with pop-up events near you. It's super easy to pre-order Drinking Buddy snacks, ramen, takoyaki, and hot yakitori skewers for pickup 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Burger Daddy in downtown Long Beach on November 14th. Craft beers on tap and delicious burgers and fries are available all day. Tap any of our event posts on your mobile device or visit www.tasteofjpn, That's tasteofjpn.com to check out the menus and pre-order before you miss out. The pre-order form closes Thursday, so make your pre-order now. See you at the pop-up. We just dropped our first t-shirt, TGIF. Our collaboration with London-based Japanese artist Smith & Company is available in four versions in six colors. You can get yours from our Instagram shop, Facebook, or our website. Use code NEWSHIRT to get 15% off. That's N-E-W-S-H-I-R-T. Head to www.thedrinkingbuddyshop.com. Thanks for supporting Drinking Buddy. Listeners of The Drinking Buddy Show get an exclusive 10% discount on LB Hats, available only at lbhats.com. Use code BUDDY to get 20% off your order now.
1: But yeah, that's how I was introduced to craft beer was Congregational House and other friends that were into beer. When I met my wife, she was into beer. That's what kept it going.
0: This is the Drinking Buddy Show, where we explore food, craft, beverage pairings, and the entrepreneurs and tastemakers behind them. I'm Frank, founder of Drinking Buddy Artisan Snacks. On today's show, Dennis Trillis joins us from Craft Beer LD here in Long Beach, California. Dennis is the face behind the online hub of Long Beach's craft beer scene, the organizer of the Craft Beer LB Festival, and the graphic designer making local favorite LB hats. And he does all that in his spare time. We chat about how he ended up in Long Beach and what drove him to create Craft Beer LB on behalf of all his favorite breweries. I
1: grew up in San Diego. I was actually, I was born in Morocco. My dad was in the Navy. From Morocco, we moved to Naples, Italy, and that's kind of where I have some of my first memories. And then uh, when I was about four years old, we moved to San Diego. And then I've been up this way in, in Long Beach area since 2003. Have you ever visited in Naples
0: again? Have you ever gone back?
1: No. So we, My family went without me a few years back because I had to take care of some stuff. But I haven't been back. I, we're planning to go back,
0: though. We'd like to go back. What about Morocco? Have you been there?
1: No. I, I want to go back. I've looked up. So it was a military base that I was born on. So I, well, I'm a U.S. citizen. but. I looked up the place where the Navy base used to be and it's like public land now and they've reconverted hmm. all, the, repurposed all of like the military buildings that were there before. Uh. But so I would like to go back and, and check it out at some point.
0: Yeah, that'd be a really cool trip. So what brought you to Long Beach?
1: Work. So I used to, my past life was always aftermarket automotive. So I had a pretty big website that was geared towards import racing. Hmm. It was like an online magazine that covered everything in regards to the import scene at the time, like car shows, races, just all kinds
0: of events that covered that scene. Is this like the 90s, 2000s?
1: Yeah, early 90s to the late 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s for sure. So I was working at a company in San Diego called Auto Cannon. Um They used to do a comic strip in a magazine called Import Tuner. I've been a very bored tuner. (laughs) Yeah, they had a comic strip in there called Max Boost. and So I used to work at that company, but hooked up with one of the guys from out here. And he hooked me up with a job at a body kit company that was in Compton. And that's kind of what brought me out here. And then since uh, moving out here, then I jumped around to different companies. And initially, I wasn't planning to stay up this way. I was planning to maybe come out here for a little bit and end up back in San Diego. But once I came to Long Beach, I fell in love with Long Beach and A lot of it kind of reminds me of San Diego, like a lot more laid back than the rest of LA County, a lot more laid back, and a lot more diverse. And that's kind of why I'm still here.
0: So do you still work on cars?
1: I do. Well, I try to, I still love cars. I haven't had a chance to really work on them as much as I used to. And now I just kind of, if I have something I need done, I'll just send it off to someone to do it for me. (laughs) I gotcha now, but you do have a very nice beer run mobile Yeah. (laughs) So I have a 71 charger that my dad purchased brand new in 71. He bought that. Wow. Yeah. He bought that in Georgia. It was the family car. So it's not the 383 or 440. It's a 318 motor because that was like the family car back in the day. But he bought it in Georgia. It went with the family from Georgia to Morocco. Then it went from Morocco to Naples and then from Naples to San Diego. So there's pictures of that charger
0: all over. That's crazy. So it's traveled as much as you have. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's traveled as much as I have. And it it brought my older sister home from the hospital, brought me home from the hospital. Wow. Yeah. So it's been in the family since it was brand new. And then it was sitting in San Diego for the longest time. And when my wife and I were going to get married, I made it a point to restore it, get it back running and everything and used it as our wedding car.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. Now it's back home with me in, here in Long Beach. It's in the garage and I take it out every now and then
0: is it the original motor did you just refurbish the motor
1: original motor we just swapped out the gas line the fuel system swapped out the suspension put disc brakes and stuff like that on it and, you know made it a little more modern so it's running well there's still more that i'd like to do but it runs great right now and i'm not going to try to race it or anything it's just cruise around the town and yeah take it out here and there and i plan to pass that down to my son eventually
0: That's awesome. Maybe you're going to have to have Tesla refurbish it to be electric. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you do as your day job now?
1: I work for insurance claims pretty much. I, well, I used to go be on the field. I used to drive out to body shops and people's houses and inspect people's cars that have been in accidents pretty much. Now, even before the whole COVID thing, I switched to a position where I could do it from home because that's the future of it all because people could take pictures of their own cars with their phones and submit photos. And same thing with body shops, you can submit photos and anything that you need. So I do the same thing, but virtually now.
0: Makes sense. So you got a little bit of flexibility. So why did you want to start getting into craft beer?
1: Actually, what got me into craft beer was Congregation Ale House. When they first opened downtown, I used to live downtown and I used to walk my dogs around and I would see congregation like in process of being built and I always wondered what it was but when they first opened they had all kinds of beer that I'd never seen before never heard of before at the time because my go-to at the time was Newcastle but I started to go there almost daily and then just try a different kind of beer and just to see what it was all about. And I just found myself liking certain beers, and not liking other beers. And then uh, one day my buddy and I went down to one of the local pizza spots that didn't have craft beer, but they had Newcastle and I ordered the Newcastle and we were drinking. And I was like, man, this Newcastle, it's flat. Like I don't, <laughs> it, it's either flat or there's something wrong with it. And we just didn't think that maybe our palates had changed. And we went, next spot, I got another new cast on. It was the same thing. I was like, whoa, I was like, drinking <laughs> all that beer at congregation really has changed what I like in beer. And I don't like this one anymore. So the hoppy kind of, beers like, ruined your palate. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the sour beers, I fell in love with sours. For
0: ah, sure, really. okay.
1: But yeah, that's kind of how I was introduced to craft beer was Congregation Ale house, And then it just bloomed from there. And then I had other friends that were into beer. And then when I met my wife, she was into beer. And that's what kind of kept it going. We would make trips to other cities and other states that had a lot of breweries and kind of do our own brewery tours. And that's just kind of how Craft Beer LB started too, is when they changed the laws in Long Beach to allow the breweries to open, I decided that I wanted to somehow be involved in the movement and I wasn't going to be a brewer, but I was into all the beer. So I started a site and show people the process of them opening and just be like a hub to be able to support them and then just pretty much anything craft beer related in Long Beach.
0: So you started with Congregation Ale House. What's the next brewery that got your attention?
1: The brewery out of Placentia. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were kind of the next step up because they were producing great beers, great sours too. The brewery was kind of like the next local spot that caught my attention. And you just start going to all the breweries that you can go to and you just start falling in love. Of course, Beechwood was there too. So Beechwood always had great beer. But yeah, there's so many good breweries at the time, even until now. And how often are you doing beer runs? Not as often as I used to. We used to go to the breweries all the time, especially all the local ones. We used to go just jump around to the different ones. And then especially with COVID and then with having a a newborn and having a two-year-old, like once we (laughs) started having kids, the beer runs started to slow down a little bit. But I always wanted to get a beer fridge and I was looking into some used refrigerators that had the fridge and the freezer stacked and then I was like, you know what? We don't need another freezer. So I ended up buying the old Snapple fridge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, yeah. just, that was just a whole fridge Gets full of done. beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so yeah, now I'll, I'll go every now and then just to keep that stocked. And when people are over, I would like to keep have a variety of local beers in the garage that were one, something for everybody kind of thing. But That's just, awesome. As far as the beer run goes, whenever I can.
0: So, you're doing your beer runs, you're starting to meet all the brewery guys. What leads to the festival for the first year?
1: So, Dutch's Brew House was one of the first spots that were open, like they were open before most of the other guys. And I would go there and hang out and talk to Jason because I also lived, used to live over by Bixby. My wife had a condo out there. We're talking about it, and I was like, hey, maybe we should put together like a festival. I was like, what do you think if we put together like a festival that featured just all the local guys that are coming on board? And he's like, that's a great idea. And he put me in contact with Blair Cohn. He's the business development director over Bixby Knowles. And he put me in contact with Rancho Los Cerritos. And he was like, yeah, they're actually looking to expand and do more events. And it was kind of right place, right time kind of thing. Jason put me in contact with Blair, put me in contact with the Rancho, and it's all set from there. When had a meeting with the Rancho, and they were all for it. And the first festival we had a lot of meetings because I had never done an event, so they were kind of wary about me and wanted to make sure everything was fine. But after that first event went off every other year since then, it's just been business as usual. They let me do what I need to do and they trusted I'm gonna do a good job and it's just a good time for everybody.
0: Nice. Now this year of course was a little bit different. We so yep. had to take the whole thing virtual. How did that happen?
1: It almost didn't happen when we had the idea that maybe we weren't gonna be able to do the in-person event. We were discussing since early on with the Rancho, what are our options? We kind of decided, okay, I'm going to wait as long as possible to know for sure, for sure that we couldn't do it. And once we knew, then had to decide like I was going to take the year off and just not do anything. But I'm sure a lot of people were like me, like they wanted to do something. So I approached all the breweries that normally would do the event and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you guys be down to do it if I did it? And pretty much everybody said, yes, like everyone that could do it said yes, and did their best that they could to actually make it happen. Because I know a lot of the breweries have been approached by other virtual fests to do events too, and they've always said no. But luckily, the relationship that I have with them, you know, they were willing and able to make it
0: happen, like whatever it took. Yeah, well, it's sort of extraordinary circumstances this year anyway.
1: Yeah, not only for me, like it was a lot of work for myself, but also, you know, some of these guys that don't normally can beer, they figured out how they can make it happen and made it happen. So, because they wanted to make sure that they were able to help out the community and give something for people to do too.
0: So, what do you hope to do next year? Do you think it'll be virtual again or do you want to do the real thing?
1: I hope it's not virtual again. I mean, I would rather be at the rancho, you know, with everybody and hanging out and just enjoying having beers out in the lawn of the rancho. I mean, the virtual fest, I say that I hope that we never have to do it again. But that being said, that if we did have to do it again, I think I'm a lot more prepared this time after doing that first one, knowing what actually take to do it better and less stressful. Now I know that instead of having eight people help me box beers, I should probably have 20.
0: yeah that was a lot of work you were at trademark right
1: yeah so we were there and it was that day was kind of hot too and yeah it was just a lot of beers a lot of boxes and not enough people and thankfully i have great friends and great family that stuck around and helped me get it done and and luckily we had some fresh hands come and help at the end that were was able to finish off what some of the guys you know couldn't finish but more people next time more people and tell the breweries an earlier date to have the beer ready. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure, right? Yeah, it's a tough one, especially when they're all canned. You got to get it all organized. But I thought you guys did a great job picking it up at... Uh, Fourth Horseman. Fourth Horseman, that's right. Yeah, I thought that worked out really well.
1: Yeah, shout out to Ryan and Martin, too, for all their help with everything, too. Because, I mean, it really was a group effort. I mean, I, I did set it all up, but if it wasn't for everybody that participated to actually get the stuff done and make it happen and actually show up on time to be able to talk about the stuff and talk to everybody if it wasn't for everybody they're they're actually helped make it happen so i kind of just facilitated and and luckily everybody was very responsive
0: and able to help out well fingers crossed next year we got the real thing yeah for sure if not we can do the virtual one again when we come back dennis shares some beers that he's enjoying right now Thanks for listening so far. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Then head to www.TheDrinkingBuddyShop.com and pick up some tasty pub snacks, barware, and more. Every purchase he makes helps us support small family-owned businesses in rural Japan and bring you more delicious, unique snacks to pair with your favorite beverages. Special thanks to all of you that have already started enjoying our snacks and sharing them with your buddies.
1: I actually have some right here. I have uh, two of them. Ambitious, the hike school. Nice. It's not too early to have a drink. Crack it open. (laughs) From the festival, that was one of my favorites. I mean, actually, they all all, everyone submitted some great beers for the festival. But from the beer run, Ambitious makes great beer. I mean, they all Steady's Oktoberfest is pretty awesome too. I'm kind of into the light stuff right now. Like Mm. trademarks, their Viking Blonde is awesome. Yeah, I loved Uh, the Viking
0: Blonde. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. 10
1: miles there, that apricot heft that
0: they have. Yep. awesome. Just picked up another one of those.
1: So, yeah, I'm kind of really digging. I mean, I'm always going to love IPAs. Uh, For the most part, I just like good beer. If it's good, it's good. I don't have a favorite all-around style or anything. It used to be Sours, but... Now that I'm getting older, the sours aren't sitting too well. (laughs) Sours don't sit too well. I still enjoy the flavor. So if I'm going to drink a sour, I have to have people around that I'm going to share it with. And I can just taste it and pass it on.
0: Right. That's (laughs) funny. Yeah. Well, I almost wonder if there's going to be a trend towards some of the lighter styles because you keep seeing all these crazy like double and triple (laughs) quadruple IPAs. And
1: And I mean, the hazies are good too when someone comes over and they uh, say oh man i hate ipas and i was like man you just haven't you probably tried the west coast san diego style ipas before and (laughs) it probably just ruined you because they were a arrogant bastard yeah (laughs) how how bitter and how just how, how how strong they are how dank and it probably like ruined someone's palate that never really had one before and they're probably just like nope i don't like ipas and then i actually had someone that came over recently and that was like the whole thing they didn't like ipas i was like well try this one i gave them a hula moon from trademark hmm. the tropical ipa and i didn't tell it was an ipa at first i was like here try this and they're like oh that, i could drink this one i was like well it's an ipa and <laughs> yeah but it's super mellow and <laughs> yeah
0: it's like notes. oh okay i
1: was like so that's why I- when people say I don't like IPAs, I'm like, you just like any other beer, you're not gonna like every single one of them. You're gonna, but there's gonna be some that you do like. So you shouldn't not drink it just because one beer that you drank wasn't good or you didn't like it. So I always encourage people to just keep trying.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the fun, right? You get to try a bunch of different styles versus you just go to the store and grab your usual 12 pack.
1: Yeah, you know. and that's what kind of like congregation was before. To me, it was they had always different beers and it was just fun to just keep trying different ones and figuring out which ones I liked. And that's kind of why I started doing like the meetup stuff too, is to be able to introduce people that may have not had a specific brewery or or anything to be able to come out and taste them and meet the people that brewed them and ask questions to whoever that they wanted to ask and just be able to try out new beers.
0: Yeah. Well, you get a connection that you don't get with a big beer company. You know, you can't just go meet Budweiser.
1: I also think that was The different part of the virtual fest is that each brewery came on and was able to talk about the beer and talk about the brewery. Whereas if you just go to the in-person festival, you kind of just walk around and drink the beer and not really get to know the people that made it or get to know the beer itself. You're kind of just there to drink and taste beers and not really learn about the beer so much.
0: Right. It's cool to connect. I mean, obviously I'm a fan of that that's why I like to interview everybody. They always have a story and there's something behind the beer. It's not just a beer. Yeah. So you were able to try some of the snacks I sent you. I wanted to get your thoughts on them.
1: That wasabi, soy sauce, wasabi Yeah, mayo. wasabi oh, shoyu, man, mayo. That, Yeah, that one's... That's your style? That one's awesome. Well, they're actually both really good. But that one, I think I, I'm almost out of that one. I'm going to go and order some more of that in a minute. Very nice. <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah that one i was drinking that one with the hike school from ambitious and the the viking blonde yeah it goes really well
0: with the lighter stuff try it with a hef from okay. 10 mile so yeah. just like lighter blondes and stuff like that
1: yeah kind of like the lighter stuff It kind of reminds me of light drinking
0: beers like the sapporo and the Karen right. and those kind of beers like yeah, the rice lagers yeah yeah there's a hanamachi from bottle logic which is a their version of a rice lager it's just really good I believe uh, Ambitious made like a rice lager too. I don't know if they still have it. Yeah, I think there's a few out there. But yeah, it's always fun to see the local breweries make a rice lager. Yeah, for sure. It's just funny because they taste, if you get sapato and stuff, it tastes totally different in the US because I think they bottle them in Canada. It's like completely oh. different water and ingredients. Then you go to Japan and you're like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> it's so it's different. So it's nice to have a local rice lager. I think it's just so much fresher. Yeah, for sure. So what's next for craft beer, LB? What do you want to do?
1: Just want to keep it going. I mainly just enjoy being the hub of Long Beach Beer and being able to support everybody's endeavors and being able to be the one-stop shop for someone that's wondering what's going on in Long Beach and to be able to see what's going on. I try to keep up with everybody and repost stuff and the stories to kind of show what's going on as far as what breweries are doing or even like local bottle shops of what they have available. But as far as what's next, I'm probably just more of the same and keep it going. I hope once everything clears up, I'm hoping to get back to doing the in-person event. So we had teamed up with uh, Ryan and Martin Fourth Horseman. We were supposed to have an event in April this year that we were going to do at Mola, and then that, yeah, that got canceled of course and we were going to reschedule for the end of the year so we postponed it indefinitely and we're going to wait till everything clears up but we have some things planned that we're going to be doing together to bring more beer to everybody and just have more fun and then I have the hats and shirts and stuff that I'm going to it's always been a focus it hasn't always been a main focus it's mainly started doing it because I like to wear hats and I just started to make hats that I liked and and if people wanted it then it was there for them and then My wife started to say, hey, I want this kind of hat. And so I started to do hats that other people like, too. And so it's kind of just grown from there. And I think I'll definitely
0: keep that going, too. I thought your festival beer glass this year was awesome, too.
1: Yeah, the festival glass. This year, we did the full 16-ounce glass. Every other year before that, I've been in little taster glasses. But hopefully next year, we go back to the taster glass. But doing like the glass kind of made me think that maybe I should do a couple more Long Beach related glassware just to offer up limited runs and stuff like that. But my head's always turning. My brain's always, the gears are always turning, thinking of new things to do. And I've always kind of been like that and think up things. And I've always been a believer that if you think of something that could be cool and you're not going to be the only one that likes it and enjoys it. And I've always been a believer that if you think of something and you want to do it, you can do it. You can figure it out. You won't be the only one that likes it. You build it, they'll come. So I do a lot of it. I do a lot of the stuff because I like it. And if people want to join on, then cool. If not, then it's out there
0: for people. Yeah. You got the entrepreneur mindset.
1: Yeah. If only one of these things can take off one day and I can just do this only instead of <laughs> having to work dream, my right? regular job, right? <laughs> but in the, the meantime, dream. it's just, it's having fun because I've I used to do a lot of graphic design and stuff like that. And I used to Do it for a regular job, and if it's something like that, and you do it for your regular job, then it's not as fun anymore, because you create something for somebody, and then they have their input, and then you keep having to change it till it's something that they like, and then it's just not as fun, because then it's not what you create anymore. It's what they wanted. You're getting paid for it. Yeah, you do it, but you much prefer being able to do stuff for yourself and having a good time.
0: Now, for anybody that might not know about you, where can they find Craft Beer LB?
1: On Facebook and Instagram, it's just at craftbeerlb. Also on meetup.com, if you're interested, if you're local and you're interested in joining us when we're allowed to do meetups again, if you're interested in coming out and checking out some new beer and meeting some new friends, it's just meetup.com slash craftbeerlb. If you're interested in checking out some of the hats and gears, lbhats.com. I made that a little more broad or not beer related because there's a lot of people that like the hats and the stuff that maybe don't like beer. And are you on Untapped? I am on Untapped. As myself, I think it's D Trillis. I go in there once in a while. Yeah, I don't remember to do it enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I see, I see people's posts. I was like, oh yeah, I, I do have that. I could check into all these places. <laughs> and yeah, they forget.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was more fun when I was actually at a tap room or at a yeah. brewery because then you're there versus this whole time in COVID. It's just. I forget what they call it. It's like chicken at home or something. It's not as much fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Thanks so much to Dennis Trillis. Check out Craft Beer LB by checking the links in our episode description. Coming up on the Drinking Buddy show, Mark Tigshillar joins us on the podcast to talk about how he got involved with local coffee purveyor Solid Coffee Roasters. We'll chat about his background and how he got into coffee, the solid mile collaboration with 10 Mile Brewing, and how Solid Coffee is getting through the pandemic. Thanks for listening to The Drinking Buddy Show. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your buddies. Check out our latest artisanal snack offerings at www.thedrinkingbuddyshop.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Take care and drink well.